Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that harkens back to the days of the Fuller Brushman door-to-door vacuum cleaner sales and ding-dong, Avon's calling. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, reminding you, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this fine show. And on this fine show this week in Pipe Parts, uh, Trip Report, my uh, trip to the uh, NASPC Columbus, Ohio Pipe Show. And then my guest is pipe maker Stefan Cashwell with uh, music from Stefan and mailbag and rant. All that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, And to prove that I am not perfect, uh, last week we had a little boo-boo. We fixed it by uh, Wednesday around uh, 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. Um, so the pipe parts that was originally uploaded was a repeat and I didn't realize it until a couple of listeners pointed it out to me and then we went ahead and fixed it. So, uh, if you got the repeat of the, uh, Jeff Grasick talking about, uh, shapes or balance, well, go back. There's a new one. Yeah. Go back and listen again. There's a whole brand new one. The correct one that I should have played. So, uh, not perfect, but, uh, Hey, I think that's three times in the history of the pipes magazine radio show where a, uh, a, a repeat, uh, segment has gone out. Um, but yeah, so if you, if you heard the one, uh, you know, if you're, if you're an early downloader, you know, go back and listen to the, go back and listen to the show again. All right. Sound good. Yeah. Uh, I'll try not to do that again, but I can't promise. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. I know, I know, I know. Shocking, right? Nobody's perfect. <laughs> All right. And uh, don't and don't forget uh, Las Vegas International Pipe Show. Go to VegasPipeShow.com. Uh, pre-registration offers end on September 10th. If you uh, buy your admission ticket before, on or before September 10th, you save five bucks, plus you get five free uh, raffle tickets into our raffle, which is including, uh, at this point, I think six six brand new handmade pipes and a whole bunch of other goodies, so go do that. All right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 
888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and it is trip report time. So the trip began on Thursday with a great drive all the way up from uh, you know from Charlotte to Columbus, Ohio. You got to go through all of West Virginia, and that drive through West Virginia is just spectacular. The weather was perfect. Uh, in fact, it was perfect both ways. And if you're in the Princeton, West Virginia area, stop at Dolly's Diner, D-O-L-L-Y-S, Dolly's Diner. It's perfect. I mean, just, you know, great, great roadside diner, good food. All right. Uh, and then we got up there on Thursday night. Uh, Sutliff invited uh, myself and my wife to dinner. So we got to go there and hang out with a bunch of folks. And that was that was perfect. Then we got checked into the hotel later Thursday night. Uh, the pipe show began for me at about uh, 3 4 o'clock on Friday when I had to set up uh, a half a table for the uh, for the Vegas pipe show. Shared the table with uh, with uh, friend Ed Graves from Dark Fired Leather, and of course that means that you know Ed and I were talking about new bags and uh, all kinds of goodies. So got to spend that time. Uh, Friday evening. Uh, well, first of all, let me say the pipe show. Uh, you know, great job with Jeff and Eddie running it and all the volunteers at the NASPC because, man, I'll tell you, they sold 110 tables. Those 110 tables were all full of, you know, pipes, accessories, everything you could imagine. And the show itself opened at 5 o'clock on Friday, and there was a line of people waiting to get in, and the room was packed. Uh, all you know, till about till about seven thirty eight o'clock, and then uh, around seven, I think the uh, the NASPC put out a, a free hors d'oeuvres bar with some you know uh, fruit and cheese and chips and salsa and guacamole and uh, little mini quesadillas and all kinds of goodies. So that was just you know just a great little touch uh, cash bar right next to it, and the smoking area that they put in this year was probably double the tent coverage so it was really comfortable to go out there in the afternoon or in the early evening when the sun was out and just sit out there and hang out and smoke uh, by friday evening there was not a empty spot to be found and i ended up sitting on a wall yeah it was just jam-packed uh people from all around the country were there hanging out smoking and talking and of course the usual you know great tobaccos were flying back and forth uh, and then it was off to bed really late, <laughs> later than I should have stayed up, and then back up early in the next morning because the show opened at 9, so I had to be there at 5 minutes to 9 to, to set up. Uh, I did spend a little bit of time on Saturday wandering around the show, uh, and the one thing that I will share that I did purchase this year at the show, and I had talked to Tim West about it prior to the show, was a proper... Uh, a proper motor and the proper buffing wheels for cleaning stems. So Tim was gracious enough to bring it and uh, found one that was in really good used condition, got me all new, all new mops and new compounds and everything. So uh, as soon as the weather cools down here, I will be in the garage doing some uh, test runs with some, <laughs> with some pipes that, <laughs> that I don't care if I kill them. Um, because it's been a while since I've worked on a proper buffing wheel and then I'll be uh, cleaning up pipes in my own garage. 
So uh, finally, all these years later, I have the correct wheel, the correct motor and the correct wheels for cleaning pipes. I'd been kind of, um, well, half-assing it since then, you know, all the way through that. Uh, the show and then the show itself stayed busy until some people started packing up around 3, 330 because the show kind of wound down and uh, the smoking tent was full. And then Saturday night went out to dinner with the uh, the folks from Smoking Pipes invited us out and had a great time hanging out again with a bunch of really good people. Uh, special shout outs to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Spike for the uh, for the card and the gift of the tin of red ribbon and to uh, Kyle, the pipe professor for the bottle, the bottle of brown liquor and the bow tie and the bow tie. I have one of Kyle's bow ties now. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually thinking I may wear that bow tie in Vegas at least for a day. So uh, that'll be fun. Uh, and then Saturday night, again, back after dinner. And then I think I got to bed at about 2 a.m. after closing, after being one of the last people in the smoking area. And then and nobody from the hotel chased us out either. We could stay there as late as we wanted to without any problems. And they kept the door unlocked so that we could get in and out real easily. Uh, they did close down the bar sometime, but, yeah, I don't know. I had water, so I was fine. Um, but, again, congratulations to Jeff and Eddie and the NASPC for putting on a great day-and-a-half show. Uh, you know, just well-attended and just a lot of folks from all around uh, – yeah, got to sit and hang out with occasionally, but it really was busy. It was so busy, in fact, that my guest coming up, Stefan, was there, and I didn't even get a chance to say hi to him because we were just that busy. So that's the uh, NASPC report for this year. Looking forward to uh, next year, and if you're not a member of NASPC, you should be because every member gets the uh, uh, gets six issues of the Pipe Collector every year. And it helps support the club. So do that. All right. In just a moment, my conversation with Stefan Cashwell. This is Internet Radio. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And like you, there can only be one Savinelli. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining us is a pipe maker whose name came to my attention probably in the last six months. So, And then I finally got to meet you at the Smitty's event. And, um, and, uh, if a certain other pipe maker is listening, I actually gave him my card and he contacted me. So I'm just saying that, uh, <laughs> but Stefan Cashwell, welcome to the pipes magazine radio show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And you've heard the show before and you still agreed to come on. So yes, I'm, I'm a brave individual. Yes. Bravery is sometimes confused for stupid, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, so let's get to know you. Where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Did you grow up? What'd you want to be when you grew up? Yeah. Oh, man. I hope I haven't grown up. Yeah. Um, I am born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. 
And that's where I live now with my wife and uh, four kids. And um, yeah, I've been here my whole life. Love this city. Uh, it has just been ever changing. Um, and it's been a great, great place to start my pipe business. Uh, I've just found such a cool, un- uh, you know, undiscovered uh, pipe community here. Um, and I feel like, you know, it's it, it it doesn't have a lot of renown when you think about the Atlanta pipe community. But since getting into pipes, I have just discovered all of these wonderful people and uh, just been so surprised by what a great place it is to be a pipe maker. Yeah, so what did what did you want to be when you grew up? Because I'm assuming pipe maker was not high up on that list. It was not high up on the list at the time. Um, no, I uh, remember I was about 12 years old and I picked up a guitar that my dad had in his closet. Um, he never played it. It just kind of sat there collecting dust. Someone had given it to him. And I was about 12. I picked it up and it was strange. It was like I just knew that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And uh, so set out to do terribly in school so i could burn every bridge and not have any other option but to become a musician Hell uh, yeah. <laughs> you know as one does and uh and yeah so uh i still am a musician to this day uh that's what i do professionally aside from pipe making uh, and i love it all right so what what kind of music uh <laughs> so it started out just as as a songwriter i i have l- just loved the art of songs, uh, genre, not even genre specific, um, just a song in and of itself in the way that it tells a story. Um, I definitely grew up listening to country music, Merle Haggard and Willie Nelson and George Jones, uh, all of those wonderful songwriters and singers. But, um, yeah, as I, as I, just went further down the rabbit hole. I started, you know, going to thrift stores and collecting Beatles records and Dylan records and Neil Young and Bruce Springsteen and everything I could get my hands on. And, uh, yeah, just fell in love with the, the formula of songwriting. And so that's really what really got me into it. Um, then I went to college and studied jazz guitar and then fell in love with, that music as a as an art form and the way that they write and tell stories is so different than what i'd grown up on and what i cut my teeth listening to and uh yeah and from there it just started playing and in bands and going to nashville and writing songs and got a publishing deal and you know the rest is history all right so have you uh have all right. Any songs that we know of that are out there, and if it's Taylor Swift, you don't have to admit it, but you can. <laughs> um, there are some songs out there on the radio right now, uh, but a lot of what I do, I do, uh, I write a lot of music for the church, mm-hmm. um, so a lot of worship music as well, and that is for the past three or four years, I've really focused on that. Um, and that's what my last publishing deal has been a part of. So I was. Uh, signed to a publishing deal with Maverick City Music. So if anybody's familiar with Maverick City, I uh, was a songwriter for them and written for uh, 
multiple Christian artists, uh, House Fires and uh, Josh Baldwin, David Leonard, people like that. So I've written songs with all those awesome folks. Uh, so you really are, you're, you, I mean, you said it when you finally got to jazz. You're a storyteller that uses music and lyrics to tell the story. Yes. Yeah. Because especially all those old country guys, that's all that was. It was just story. And to this day, it's my favorite. That's my f- absolute favorite music to listen to. Yeah. All right. I really don't like you now. <laughs> yeah. I really, I, I'm really, I'm done with you. The interview's over. It's been nice. <laughs> yeah. Let's get, let's go home. I mean, what do you want me to do, man? You know, born in, born in Georgia. Yeah. You know, I, it's yeah. like I didn't have a choice. You don't. You don't even talk like you were born in Georgia. I think this is all fake. Yeah, I've been working on my non-regional diction. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were not in the cast of Gone with the Wind, sir. Were you? No, no, no. sir. I was not. All right. When did uh, when did pipe smoking come into your life, and how? This is one of my favorite stories. Speaking of storytelling. Um, my parents, before I was born, they bought this really old dilapidated house in downtown Atlanta and they fixed it up. Uh, my mom actually went into labor, uh, while she was drywalling. <laughs> so, uh, that's <laughs> wow. how I came into this world. Uh, and you know, they brought me home and I grew up, spent the first seven years of my life in that home. And for the longest time, the basement was never finished. It was just this dirt floor. Uh, and I remember my parents were going to finally refinish the basement. And I was probably, I was probably four or five. And I remember them pulling some paneling off of the walls. And as they pulled one of the panels off the walls, sitting on one of the two by four frames, <clears throat> Excuse me. Sitting in one of the two by four frames was an old Wally Frank Congo cutty. <laughs> wow. And it it had a you know a crack running down the bowl and and I just remember as a kid, it was like I'd found treasure. Yeah. Something mysterious that had just been left behind for me to find. And I still have that pipe to this day. It sits in my uh, tobacco cabinet on display. Uh, but it pipes from that point on. Pipes held a certain fascination in my mind. Uh, they always had just a mystique to them. Uh, something that just it, it's to this day just takes me back to that place and that time. Uh, and I, I have yeah, I have just always been. Curious and then fascinated by the pipe world. Uh, that's where it all started. So basically what was happening was the old phrase, if the walls could talk, uh, the walls were talking to you and saying, you're going to be interested in pipe smoking. Yes. Oh, and here's, that, is a, that is correct. And, and here's a picture of one and, and one for you to hold. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so what age were you when you actually picked up a pipe and put tobacco and flame to it? Mm, uh, I was in college. I was probably 19. Uh, 
And yeah, it took, you know, it took a lot of courage for me to, to buy my first pipe. I grew up in a home. Uh, both my parents were, were artists, but before that they were preacher's kids. And we, my sister and I were certainly raised, uh, to not necessarily look favorably on the smoking world. Uh, but you know, as I started reading books and thinking for myself and seeing Tolkien and C.S. Lewis and all of those wonderful Christian authors, all, every one of them, they had a billiard in their hand and it looked so cool. And I was just like, okay, if I can look that cool, that's what I want to do. And so I remember I was reading a C.S. Lewis book, um, saw the picture on the back and he had a pipe and I was like, I'm, I'm a grown man now. I can do this. I don't have to ask anyone's permission at at the ripe age of 19 um, and went to uh, a tinderbox store uh, that was local to where I lived and bought a $30 basket pipe. Mm -hmm. They gave me one ounce of the tobacco of my choice. And uh, I believe it was called the philosopher's blend. And it was some, spicy English blend. Um, and, uh, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. I burned the hell out of that pipe and (laughs) just, I think my mouth tasted like ash for days, but I was just so convinced that I was a pipe smoker now. And, uh, you know, thank God I've grown beyond that. But, uh, that was, that was the first experience. That's where it, where it started all right we're going to take a break right here and when we come back we'll talk about pipe making and uh, maybe uh, storytelling and pipe making so stay with us we'll be back in just a minute hi i'm jeremy reeves head blender of cornell and deal we know pipe smoking is a personal journey That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Stefan Cashwell, and it's not Stefan. I heard that, so, <laughs> and I understand that it's Stefan. Uh, Stefan, so how long into pipe smoking do you begin pipe making? It was actually a really long time before I made my first pipe. Um, I was. I had actually just gone on tour. Uh, it was my, I remember it was my first, and this is in 2020. And we got off the first leg of the bus tour. And I, at the time, I had not 
bought anything other than a basket pipe. And we had gotten off the first leg of this tour. It was successful and it, it, it felt great. Uh, and I remember getting off the bus in Nashville and going to a shop there and saying, you know what, I'm going to buy myself a pipe to celebrate. And so I bought this Savinelli Prince. I spent like, I don't know, 90 bucks on it. And I was like, wow, that's the most I've ever spent on a pipe. I can't believe I spent that much money on a pipe, which in <laughs> hindsight uh, is ludicrous. But bought it and uh, drove to, back to Atlanta. And I think the next day I got the call, hey, uh, the second leg of the tour is canceled. Um, there's this thing called COVID happening. And as a musician, you know, I had, I had booked out the rest of the year with, uh, gigs and things. And that day was like the day of nightmare phone calls, because I think by 9 PM that night, I had lost the next five months of work. and i was just like what am i gonna do um and i was smoking my pipe while i was thinking about what i was going to do and i looked at it and i was like man i really wish that i hadn't dropped 90 dollars on this pipe (laughs) and uh, i was like i could use that 90 bucks right now to uh help feed my family and i had the very naive thought uh you know I bet I can make a pipe like this. That's not hard. It's just one hole that meets another hole, and you just you know, fill it, and it smokes. And I mean, surely, I've got an artistic eye. I bet I could make a pipe. <laughs> and I ordered the Pimo pipe book off of Vermont Freehand website and read it. And I think I went out uh, and sold some old music stuff that I had lying around and bought myself a bandsaw and a drill press. And I ordered one briar block off of, uh, off of the Vermont freehand website. And I armed with those two pieces of machinery, that block and my grandfather's old files. I commenced to making first pipe and that's where it started. Yeah. COVID, Lost work, ordered a block, set out to make a pipe, and did make it. I still have it actually to this day, and it still smokes, although it's held together with super glue. <laughs> all of a sudden, that $90 Savinelli was looking like a super cheap discount after you had to buy all the equipment and sell all that stuff. Yeah, to make, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I was like, what? But that's the story of pipe making. It's like, it it's just costs so much more money than you think you're going to spend when you're like, I can make my own pipes now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just a piece of wood with a piece of plastic stuck on it. Sure. You don't. Yeah. 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 They say don't get into pipe making for the money. And uh, I have found that to be right on. You, <laughs> Thank God. I love it. You found two careers that are usually highly lucrative for people, music and pipe making. <laughs> yeah. My parents are still shaking their heads. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking the only thing better might have been philosopher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's the only thing misses my philosophy degree. Yeah. Um so all right, so you make the first pipe and then uh and then but you're stuck at home now and are you starting to go online to get tips and tricks and try to figure oh, this thing yeah. out? Oh yeah. I started going down the rabbit trail. Uh everything I could read, everything I could find. 
the Wikipipe page, all the YouTube videos, um, all the old uh, JJ like J and J shop videos with Jared Cole and uh, his partner. That was yeah. stuff that just set me on a path. Obviously, all of Jay Allen's uh, instructional videos. I just poured over those, and then I stumbled upon a video that I will forever thank YouTube for putting in my queue and it was former makes a billiard oh god and i'll never i'll never forget watching that for the first time from start to finish and just being in absolute awe of that man's ability and his craft and and that that was really the moment that i was like that's what i want to do i want to make pipes like that so how do you yeah. so you see that video? How do you go about actually figuring out what he's doing? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. Um, just, uh, there was a lot of zooming in, trying to read the names of things he was using. Um, a lot of rewinding, and then a lot of realizing I am not going to be able to do any of this unless somebody shows me how. And. Um, I just started going on to the like pipe making page on Facebook and just asking questions, um, looking for things. And uh, a dear friend of mine now, I'm proud to call him uh, a friend and not just a mentor, but a uh, pipe maker by the name of Sean Ream yeah. uh, was so kind to take me under his wing. And he just, was made himself available to me to answer all kinds of questions. And eventually that ended up, uh, it ended up that he, uh, invited me out to his shop in Montana. And I went out there for a couple of days and it is visible on my Instagram page. Like if you look at all the pipes I made before Sean, and then the pipes that I made after my time with Sean, it's just night and day. And there's just really is nothing like having a maker give you access to, you know, years of knowledge that they have spent collecting and crafting and l allowing you to access that is such a privilege and such a gift. Uh, and I'll, I'm forever thankful for Sean for helping me with that. So. so now how do you, you've got a family, how do you have the discussion? Um, I'm going to fly off to Montana to hang out with this guy. <laughs> you know that yeah sorry uh that is where i have to give my wife total credit because she has i mean you know she did marry a musician right uh, she yeah, knew what yeah. she was doing and uh she knew that probably to my fault i am a dreamer and uh hopefully that's one of the reasons that she fell in love with me and she has been nothing but supportive uh and she was just like babe, you got to do it. Let's figure out how you got to go do it. You know, thank, thank God for, thank God for women that are not so smart because otherwise I would have never gotten married. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am very thankful uh, for that as well. Yeah. Is there, is there one thing that you can pin out of that visit with Sean that, that just kind of, that, that just set you on the right path or is there, you know, or was it a multitude of little things? 
yeah. Um, obviously, there were there were trips of the trade that he definitely showed me um, that opened up a lot. But I think the thing that has been the most helpful in my pipe making uh, journey, and I, I think I'm still guilty of the opposite of this, uh, but Sean really showed me not to be afraid of the block and yeah. not to be afraid of making the pipe. He, at the, he would just look, he's like, bro, it's just a pipe. Like <laughs> get over it. If you mess it up, you're just going to make another one. It's like, it's fine. Don't be afraid of it. Like you're never going to give it your best if you're afraid of it. And that's not to say that he is, uh, aloof or, not concerned with the f most finite details of his pipe work. Cause I think it's evident if you look at his pipes, they're just gorgeous, yeah. but he just has a, uh, he, he gave me a courage to just take my briar block, put it to the sanding wheel. Don't be afraid to peel off material. Just work it. Just start, just start the thing. You know, half the, half the battle of something is, is, is just starting it. Yeah. And and he gave me such a confidence to just pick the block up, have a vision, get that vision, but then to go about it courageously uh, and not be shy or timid. Uh, that was the best gift I think I got from from him. That you know that that's amazing because you know that with anything creative, the hardest part is getting started on what's in your head and getting it out onto what's uh, on what you're working with. Yep. And, and then I guess yes. with, and I guess with pipes in particular, it's also, you know, getting rid of all the excess can be scary because you're getting down to some pretty thin tolerances sometimes. And you, you can't put it back on if you take off too much. Yes, that's correct. Uh, as the trash bin of, uh, messed up blocks in my workshop will attest <laughs> save those for a day when the power's out and you can burn them that's right <laughs> that's right um, is is there a part of the pipe making process that you really like and a part of the process that you really dislike um yeah i, I think every pipe maker would probably agree that there's nothing more fulfilling then when everything is shaped and sanded uh, or blasted and you put that finishing oil on the pipe after it's stained or even if it's natural, when you just paint the oil onto the pipe and you watch it shine for the first time, <laughs> that is that is like the culmination of all your end like expectations for what the pipe is going to be. You finally just see it for what it can be. And it is the best feeling that's to me by far the most addicting uh, part of the process. I think also every pipe maker would probably agree that the least fun part is uh, drilling rough shaping and filing and fine sanding your stems. Uh, that is just tedious and it hurts. Uh, your forearm is just on fire by the end of it. And it's 
you know, it's just no fun from start to finish. But, uh, and I actually saw um, uh, Alexander Pipes post about this. While it is some of the most tedious work, once it is buffed and it shines uh, with the rest of the pipe, man, there's probably not a better payoff than when that stem is just beautiful and shiny and completely finished. And then I put it in my mouth and perf- and, per- and, and bite all over and, it. Oh yeah, just gnaw on it, and <laughs> scar it up, and then I take a flame and I put it to that nice shiny bowl and burn it up. Oh yeah, that's it. You yeah. know the worst part is <laughs> how hard you work to get the uh, get the slot on the stem just right and get the bit just perfect, and then they they slap a rubber tip on it and it just it's like well okay i mean i want you to be comfortable but dang that was like an hour of work <laughs> i guess that's like when the chef brings out the steak that he's been cooking all that time and all of the guy just dumps ketchup on it but we won't yeah that's it yeah we won't pick on the people with the rubber bits um, <laughs> yeah that's right. I, I tried them for years they just never worked out for me um, yeah same where can uh, where can people go to purchase or see your pipes? Yes, um, right now uh, I am obviously making pipes for shows, so I'm about to head out to the Columbus, Ohio show. So pipes will be available there, uh, and then I photograph all my work and put it on my Instagram page, which is Cashwell underscore Pipes on Instagram. And I have been thankful that that has kept me extremely busy, just word of mouth and people sending me direct messages, asking for pipes or wanting to purchase pipes on the page. Uh, it's been so good. In fact, I haven't had to create a website yet, uh, which I just dread all of that tech work. Yeah. Uh, cause <laughs> that's the thing I hated about music for the longest time is having to be my own businessman. And so thankfully, uh, it's been, pretty good just from the insta so yeah that's those are the places that you can see my pipes how many pipes a year do you think you're going to be able to make uh you know it it, with every pipe it gets faster and faster um i think i'm making this week will i'll hit four pipes that i've made this week so if we continue that and uh you know i've got an exciting apprenticeship coming up i won't uh name the pipe maker out of respect just because i haven't asked their permission to yet but Uh that's coming up in a few weeks and if it's anything like uh like what i learned with sean and it and you know it just takes off even more i expect that i can make more pipes um or the pipes that i do make even if i'm making four will just be they'll it'll just be even better than they are right now so i'm just really excited about that but yeah I like to stay busy. So you're doing this all along having a young family and at the same time also still doing that music thing. Yes. Yeah. So I, I won't ask you what you do for fun in your free time because there is none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, night fishing. That's that. That's the answer. I just like <laughs> wait until the last hour of daylight, see if I can't get on the river and throw a couple flies <laughs> <laughs> there you go hey you go up and visit sean there's a lot of fishing up that way oh i know it, it killed me man i didn't bring a rod and the whole time we're in the shop and i'm like this is awesome 
but that is right outside. (laughs) (laughs) Stefan, we'll wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Let's go. What is your favorite pipe? Ooh, my favorite pipe. Um, I'm going to go shape. Uh, And that is, for me, there's nothing better than a mini poker. Hey. I love a really small mini poker. (laughs) What is your favorite tobacco? Ooh, um, probably... Because of sentimental reasons, uh, Christmas cheer, McClellan's Christmas cheer. What is your favorite drink? Ooh, my favorite drink. I mean, that's just an old fashioned. You're, you're, you're from Georgia. You're supposed to say peach flavored iced tea or Coke. <laughs> Don't forget, you're right no. up. You're right up the road from the home of Coca Cola. That is true. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Uh, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? I prefer a movie. Because it's not music and it doesn't make you think about work again. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. Finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory that does not include finding a pipe inside the wall of an old house? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yes, I do. Uh, There was a hike that I did with my father-in-law. In 2019, and we hiked uh, the Outer Mountain Loop Trail in uh, Big Bend National Park in Texas. And there's this one peak uh, where you can see all the way into Mexico, and it's really high up. And I remember climbing to the edge of the cliff, and it was just as sun was setting. And you're just watching the light disappear behind the hills, and you know, you're thousands of feet up in the air. And I remember lighting a bowl of Christmas cheer <laughs> and p- putting it in a little mini poker. Cause I love it that I can just stick it in my shirt pocket. It's great for backpacking and fishing and all the things I love to do. Uh, and I remember sitting out looking over that and thinking I've never seen anything more beautiful and man, what a tobacco to accompany the experience. So, all right, that sounds nice. I'll I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Instagram again is Cashwell C A S H W E L L underscore pipes. Stefan, thank you very much for coming on and doing this. It's been a, it was it was a pleasure seeing you at the Smitty's thing, and uh, great having you on the show. Brian, thank you for your time. I really appreciate you having me on. And we'll be back in just a minute. <laughs> For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. 
Cade Mila Falja, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, here's my advice. Check out everything Stefan's doing because uh, two things are going to happen. One of two things. Um, one, his pipes are going to get more popular and the prices are going to go up and they're going to be hard, get be harder to harder to get or two his music career is going to take off and then that's going to get in the way of pipe making so uh take a look at what he's doing now while uh while he's still relatively new and uh see if you can find a pipe you like all right and for music i asked uh, i asked him for a piece that he's worked on or been involved with that he suggested and this is from a band called house fires the song is Coming Home featuring Nate Moore. Uh, I did shorten it a little bit because this is a longer song than normally I would play. So if you want to hear the full one, uh, I found it on YouTube. It's under House Fires, and the song name is Coming Home. For the first time in a long time 
Again, the band is called House Fires, and man, I I love his voice. Uh, I will tell you, they're doing something right, because they've got 272,000 subscribers on YouTube, and that video's been shown 341,000 times. Um, Now, the bad part is, on YouTube, 341,000 views probably equals up to about, you know, 50 bucks for the the band, but uh, do check them out. And remember, comments or questions can be emailed directly to me, Brian at PipesMagazine.com, B-R-I-A-N at PipesMagazine.com. Now, if you don't hear back from me, well, it might have got caught in a spam filter. So uh, check, (laughs) send it again, or check your spam filter to see if my reply got caught there. Yeah, just keep doing that. Or you can go to Pipes Magazine and post stuff right on the Pipes Magazine radio show page just like uh, Dino does every week. And this week, Dino says, uh, James seems uh, very easygoing uh, with a charming conversational manner and a fun backstory. His questions for you produce some insightful answers. Stevie Ray Vaughan is always amazing. Uh, and then if we, then he said, if we don't complain in writing and protest and boycott, they don't care if we're pissed. It's when it reaches the media and affects their bottom line that a flag goes up, and that takes more of us involved. Thanks for another entertaining show, Dino. You are welcome. 
And then Casey Ghost says, uh, James was a superb guest who injected a fair amount of humor into his answers. Uh, the questions he had were insightful, and you answered them well. It would be nice if we got involved in the fight to protect our smoking rights, but uh, somehow most of us are too polite to speak up. Damn shame that most of us are this way. Stevie Ray Vaughan did a decent job on the music. <laughs> Stevie Ray Vaughan does not do any music decently. He does it all greatly. And that's all I got to say about that. Uh, Renfield said, uh, as always an enjoyable show, James was a good guest and his experience with the self-emulating pipe was mortifying. Glad all he lost was the pipe. Uh, excellent music selection. You could play Stevie Ray Vaughan every week and it'd be fine with me. I got to see Stevie perform about a year before he was killed and even spoke with him briefly. He seemed genuinely happy to have gotten clean and you could sense his love of life. His playing was, of course, stunning and powerful. More Stevie, just saying, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Andy SC83 says, hey, Brian, another great show and still really enjoying the Journeyman Pipe Smoker series. Also, always good to hear from uh, Jeff as well. I agree with Renfield. Excellent music choice for last week. Yeah. And then Arrow English pointed out, was the part with Jeff a repeat? Seems like I'd heard it before. And yes, it was. It was a... Uh, it was a repeat, and I told you how to fix all that early on in the show. All right, a couple of events coming up, and I'm not sure if they're on the uh, Pipes Magazine uh, events page or on the events thread on Pipes Magazine, but if you have a pipe smoking event, whether it's just a club gathering or whatever, go post it on there, uh, because then you know it's free to post it there, and yeah, thousands of pipe smokers skim by it, but... Uh, uh, coming up this weekend, Saturday, October 26th, the Northwest Arkansas Pipe and Tobacco Show. It's at Ash and Ember, a gentleman's shop. So you can simply Google Ash and Ember, a gentleman's shop. And I believe it's in a town called Siloam Springs, S-I-L-O-A-M. Uh, it's from 10 to 7 this Saturday. So make sure and go check that out if you're in the Northwest Arkansas area. And uh, September 22nd and 23rd is the International Association of Pipe Smokers Club's 75th Annual World Pipes, uh, Pipe Smoking Contest and Pipe Show hosted by the Arrowhead Pipe Club in Flint, Michigan. Uh, details for that can be reached at uh, Paul's Pipe Shop in uh, Flint, Michigan. That is, Saturday, uh, that is September 22nd and 23rd. And that information should be on PipesMagazine.com as well. And as long as we're talking about other pipe shows, the Capital Land Pipe Show in Albany, New York, September 16th, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, this little show in Las Vegas that I'm doing, that's October 13th, 14th, and 15th. And then the Texas Pipe Show in Cedar Hill, Texas, just outside of the Dallas-Fort Worth area is uh, November 11th information all on pipesmagazine.com on the uh, pipe show pages. So again, if you've got a pipe smoking event and you want it uh, in front of people, go to the pipesmagazine.com forums and you'll click on the forum link that is titled pipe events 
and you can go in there and post your information and links all you want for free and you can even see pictures from people that may have come back from previous shows and all that stuff so that's all right there on pipesmagazine.com uh saving up some mailbag because i've got some travel coming up but again if you have a comment question or suggestion email it to me brian at pipesmagazine.com and if you don't hear back from me email it again or also check your spam to see if my response is there and in just a moment i'm going to add to the brian's bathroom rules and regulations Coming up next. A Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe is the perfect pal. Going fishing, take your corncob pipe and see you back at dark 30. Hunting, your corncob pipe squares, it won't make a pop. Relaxing and reflecting, you add your corncob pipe at relax. Party time, your corncob pipe doesn't produce a cool smoke for no reason. Let's just say your Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe gets you. Visit www.corncobpipe.com to get yours today. Missouri Meerschaum Company, authentically original, authentically you. Houston, we have a problem. Uh, We copy. State the nature of your emergency, please. Houston, we're out of pipe tobacco up here. We copy. Stand by. The flight director recommends visiting tinbids.com, the pipe collector's auction site. You copy? Roger, Houston. Stand by. We're looking into it. Okay, we're on tin bids now. They have vintage and hard-to-find tobaccos, pipes, and accessories. Is that correct? That's affirmative. That's tinbids.com. Okay, Houston. We've secured our tobacco. Now, how do we get it up here? Um, stand by. We're working on a solution. Visit TinBids.com, the pipe collector's auction site, and sign up for free today. We have liftoff. Cowboy. Cowboy. Well, a couple of weeks back, I gave you some uh, potty primers. Remember? Going to the bathroom, public bathroom rules. You know, you, you know the ones. You remember them. It was a couple of weeks back. I traumatized a few people. Well, here's a couple more to add to that list. All right. Are you ready? And I only know this from a men's room perspective, but this one in particular. If you're using the stall, don't let your clothes fall on the floor. Yeah. Don't let your pants drop to the floor. Don't let them. Hold them up. You do not know what is on that floor in a public restroom, nor do you want your pants touching it. And if you don't mind your pants touching it, well, then please don't come anywhere near me. All right? Hold your pants up. Got it? Same thing goes for you ladies. If you're doing that in the ladies' room, I don't want to know about it. Really. I really don't. Now, here's the other one. When on an airplane... When on an airplane, a lot of people like to kick off their shoes because it makes it more comfortable. It's actually bad for you because your shoes, because your feet swell up while you're flying and you don't, and then you won't be able to get them back into your shoes probably. But uh, a lot of people like to kick off their shoes. And then I see oftentimes people go walking down this, walking down the, uh, the aisle of the plane, heading towards the lavatory in either uh, socks and no shoes on or bare feet completely. 
and uh, you do not want to go into that lavatory with <laughs> without your shoes on. Just put your shoes on, keep them on. You know, if you're if they're uncomfortable, loosen up the laces, whatever. But don't go walking down the aisle of the plane or go into the lavatory on a plane barefoot or just in your socks, because um, that ain't right and that's disgusting. So just don't do it, okay? All right, got it. I, I promise now I am done with uh, potty primers or Brian's bathroom rules for at least, I don't know, another six, eight, seven years. Yeah, I promise. Maybe. All right. Okay, again, uh, comments, suggestions, ideas, email them to me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, Las Vegas International Pipe Show info is at vegaspipeshow.com. The entire website is there set up so you can skim through. You can even book all your stuff right there. And uh, keep sharing out the Pipes Magazine radio show wherever you are. If you're on uh, Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating or a review there. If you're on Spotify, give us uh, whatever they do because they do something over there too. All right. So thank you very much to Stefan for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. About the clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.